This is Dave Fails. Oh man, it's Halloween. I'm excited. I'm in the mood to party. Uh, I have not been partying at all. I did a whole sober week. I think it was a little more than a week in Canada. And God, was I calm. It's crazy how calm you are when you're sober. I mean, it turns out that alcohol and drugs make me a little wild. Surprise. (laughs) Uh, So I did a sober week and it was great. The shows were awesome. Um, me and Aiden had so much fun at the, the mall in West Edmonton. That mall is so big. You guys, it makes the mall of America look tiny. They just, they have a pirate ship in the middle of the mall. They have seals. They have, uh, they have a water park. They have a amusement park. They have all these different panic rooms. They have golf, they have shooting ranges and, and ice skating. It's crazy. Plus, the comedy club is one of my favorite rooms. So we had an absolute blast. Uh, we're about to get to the podcast. I have big news. But before that, today's episode of Date Fails is brought to you by HelloFresh. This is awesome. We have teamed up with HelloFresh, and they are now offering everyone in our audience a total of $60 off. That's $20 off each of your first three boxes. Go to HelloFresh.com forward slash date fails 60 and use the code date fails 60. That's one more time. Go to hellofresh.com forward slash date fails 60 and use the code date fails 60. That's six zero guys. So that's $60 off, $20 off your first three boxes at HelloFresh. And uh, I'll tell you more about that later. They sent me some amazing stuff in the mail. I am not a good cook, but this was very simple and I could probably trap a guy over here for a while if I cooked him this. So hello fresh, check it out. All right. It's Halloween. Um, I hope you guys have great plans tonight. I hope you're planning on dressing up in fun costumes. This is the first year that I didn't go to some party where I wore like a super slutty costume. I don't really like the word slutty. Sexy is a better term, but I'm not going to lie. I've always been the girl that likes to do the sexy thing on Halloween. And I think it's because I'm such a tomboy and stuff. A lot of the time, it's fun to get to be sexy. I think, I think that's the reason why women dress that way on Halloween. Like so many women embrace being able to dress up like, you know, a hooker, like a hot hooker though, like a hot stripper, like an expensive hooker, not like the kind of hookers I see in my neighborhood in front of 7-Eleven. Uh, that just, that stopped me in my tracks because there's so much shit going on in my neighborhood that's so bad. <laughs> Speaking of hookers, we'll get back to that. Um, but this year, I wore an elephant outfit on stage uh, in Canada for Halloween. I also, oh, this was so fun. So last night at the Laugh Factory, I was getting ready to leave for the show and Aiden called me and it was his show and he said, it's a costume show. So I, I was like, damn, I didn't plan anything, but I was trying to think of something funny to do. So I wore a panda outfit I wore a panda mask. I have this panda mask. I buy creepy masks, you guys, for no reason. Like when I'm at the store, if I see a creepy mask or a cool costume any time of year on sale, like at a dollar store, or I happen to see something at like Target or Walgreens, I buy it because I just know myself. And I'm like, oh, this will come in handy for some weird shit I want to do later. 
And that's how I got the panda mask. I didn't even buy it for Halloween. I just, I was just at uh, Rite Aid one day and they had a bunch of cool masks on sale. So I wore the panda mask and then I just wrote like really mediocre dad jokes that a panda would tell. And then I went on stage as a panda, but it was so funny because (laughs) I don't think it was the jokes that were that funny. It was the fact that you could barely understand me because like everything I said was muffled through the mask. And then I didn't know where to put the microphone. It was so, so fun though. Like it's kind of fun to get on stage as something different just to fuck around. Uh, and that's something I haven't done a lot of. I might start doing more of it because it was a good time. So I did that last night and then, uh, I ran into Dom Herrera who I haven't seen in a while, who a lot of you guys know, some of you might not. Dom is like such an a legendary comedian, but he's also like my dad. Like I'm so close with Dom. I used to open for Dom all the time before I started headlining more. And we were just talking last night about how he's like, I'm so happy for you that you're getting all this headlining work, but I miss you. And I was like, let's do a weekend. I don't care. I'll open for you anywhere. I miss you so much. So we had a good time. We always laugh so hard. Dom Dom is one of those guys that's like as funny off stage, if not funnier. I mean, he's so funny on stage, but he's so quick and he's just, he just tells jokes like he's breathing. Um, so he's so fun to hang with. And then I also ran into Donnell Rawlings last night. Uh, if you don't know Donnell, he was Ashy Larry on the Chappelle show and he's a great friend. And me and Donnell have a running joke because he pops up any city I'm in headlining. If Donnell's within like two hours, he'll just show up. It's so funny. And he'll just walk into a green room. I never know he's going to come. And then he'll go up on stage. And uh, I didn't know he was going to come last night. I never know where he is. He's all over the place. But um, so shout out Donnell. So good to see you. We had a good time last night. And then I saw Joey over at the comedy store, Joey Diaz. So it was such a fucking fun night. Like after being on the road in Canada for a week, even though Aiden was with me, we were talking, me and Aiden, about how the road is weird because it's like, even when you have a friend there, there's like a little bit of loneliness on the road. There's like this little tiny touch of isolation out there because it's hard to explain. It's like you go from being in a packed room with just tons of people laughing and all this energy and then you get off stage And you're like wandering through an empty mall or an empty strip mall or wherever the comedy club is. And then it's like, if you go out in the town, that's fun, but you're usually by yourself. Or even if you're with an opener, it's like you're together every night and it's your opener, your friends, but it's like, it's just weird to go out to a bar where you know absolutely no one and you can talk to strangers or you can go back. It's just hard to explain. It goes from so much static and so much electricity to so much just like quiet come down. And then I can never sleep. And, uh, on this trip I was sober, so I wasn't taking anything to sleep. I didn't even have weed. Like it was crazy, but Aiden and I started dancing on this trip. We started having these like dance parties at the gym where we would put on these fitness videos and do cardio hip hop for like three hours a day. So we did that twice. So we were so worn out those two nights after the show. Like we were so sore, we could barely walk. So that was good. That put me to sleep. And then we went to see the Halloween movie, which was um, hilarious and scary. And I absolutely loved the Halloween movie, but I'm like the worst person 
to watch a horror movie with. I didn't do it out loud to Aiden because I didn't want to annoy him. But all I want to do is like ask all the questions. Like I know horror movies aren't supposed to add up and nothing needs to make sense. But I get annoyed with details. I'm like, how come Michael Myers always walks, but he catches everyone? He never has to run. Everyone else is running, but he catches up to everyone and he walks so slow. And also it's like, how does he find people? I don't want to give away spoilers if you haven't seen the movie yet, but it's like he kind of, you know, just, I mean, obviously, you know, he gets out, he gets loose and starts killing people or there wouldn't be a movie, but like, how does he find the people some of the people he finds to kill, he's looking for, he finds them in random places. I'm like, does he have a tracker on these people? And he's walking, he's on foot, is he stealing cars? How the fuck is he getting around? I get angry. And then I get angry at the people in the movie when they do dumb shit. I mean, I know that's the whole point of the movie, but it's like, you're so smart, you planned this whole thing out to get him, but then you're dumb enough to like walk into this trap. Like, I don't, I get mad, is what I'm saying. I need answers to everything. I just need a lot of answers. And my brain doesn't like question marks you know that's why I stalk down the guys I date I'm like I need an answer fucking get answer me <sighs> all right <laughs> I need to relax breathing this is a part one so you guys know of a two-part episode it's not supposed to be a solo episode there actually is a guest my friend Sarah Fasha my fuckboy patrol partner in crime Oop. sorry guys I just dropped my phone the reason that Sarah isn't on yet is because I need to explain to you guys what happened first before the part two where me and Sarah um, do our thing. So this is actually hilarious. Last night, I'm doing pretty good with no guys, no dating. I really am trying to take a break. It's getting a little harder. I'm not going to lie. I've only gone, okay, I'm trying to really think, you guys, the last time I had sex. Um, this is really sad that, like, my sex is blending together to the point where I can't remember. But I think there was one guy after Rod Stewart. I think it was my my crazy ex, the one that we go nuts on each other, that Joey scolded me for going to his house and taping notes to his door. I think that we hooked up once. And it's actually funny that I can't really remember because our sex is always like so amazing. But I remember that time thinking this probably is a bad idea. So I was not as committed, I think. So I think it was, I don't know, it was different and I didn't stay over. It was different. So yeah, since Rod Stewart, who we are changing his name, by the way, I'm calling him the wizard now because I feel guilty about Rod Stewart. Apologies for the real Rod Stewart. Um, since the wizard... Uh, there was just that one time and I've been, it's, I I told my friend the other day, I'm like, it's the minute I decided to do this, no dating, no dick little break, which by the way is only supposed to be November, but it's now turning into like a six week thing or even longer because the last time I had sex had to be like almost a month ago. I think, I think it's been a month and so that, that means it's going to be, if I don't have sex tonight, it's going to be two months if I go through no dick November. I, I mean, this is going to be really difficult. So what happened is the minute I started saying it, and I don't mean saying it out loud to people. I mean just saying it in my head and saying it to you guys. But I don't go out to like the comedy store and be like, hey, everyone, no dicks for me. Like I don't do that. But since I started saying it, 
all the dick pops up. Everybody, it, my dick options are crazy. It's like a dick buffet in my life right now. Like, it's like if you went to the best buffet in Vegas, like the most expensive buffet in Vegas of cock. That is what has popped up in my life. I mean, it's nuts. It's literally like everybody that I wished would have hit me up six months ago is hitting me up now. And I can't, first of all, even if I was like, you know what, Kate? Fuck them. Skip no dick November. Get on it. Even if I wanted to do that, I can't because I don't have time. I don't want to just fuck people. That's never been my thing. I want to actually date someone and have something between a relationship and a casual dating thing. I'm not sure exactly. It depends on the guy, you know, but the point is I don't want to just fuck anybody and I don't have time. I'm so happy. Things are so good. This week I recorded an animated pilot, like a good one, with a great cast and a great writer and producer, and I got a development deal for a show. And I'm not saying this shit to brag, but that, and I got a, a writing job I told you guys about. The first article is going to be up this week on mandatory.com. And I also am working on a book, and I'm working on a special, and there's so much shit going on. How the fuck am I supposed to date someone. I can't even return people's texts. So the problem is every time I start talking to a guy, he thinks I'm not interested because I'm busy as fuck. And then if I miss a text back, if I forget to text someone back, they take it personal. So the point is I, I, I I'm going to have to do no dick November, I think, but it's already getting hard. Cause I'm not going to lie. Last night I had such a fun night. And you know what happens when you have a fun night? First of all, I did my whole sober week. Last night at the comedy store, I had a drink. One drink. You guys, I might as well have been shit-faced. Like, after my sober week, that one drink, I was so buzzy. I felt so good. And I came home, and I, I was so, like, just happy. And I started, like, texting a couple guys that I used to flirt with. That I was kind of like, ooh, maybe I should set up that D. And then I was like, wait, you can't. You can't. And this, I felt it last night. Last night, the urge came back. I wanted to flirt. I wanted the attention. And honestly, I really wanted to fuck too. I've been working out lately and working out makes you really horny. So what I'm saying is it might not be easy. So then I started thinking, I'm not going to lie. I started thinking a little bit about Rod Stewart, not in a I miss him way, the wizard, not in like I want to date him way because I, I know that would be a horrific situation. But I just started thinking about him like, I wonder what he's up to. I haven't reached out. I haven't checked on him, whatever. And then I started thinking it would be fun for Halloween to have Sarah come over and we play pranks on people's exes. Like, I don't want to fuck with Rod Stewart, but I just started thinking like I said on here that I'm not going to be petty and childish anymore and go after guys um, and do crazy shit to them. And I'm not. But that said, I don't think there's anything wrong with a little innocent pranking, a little prank texting, prank calling. If you guys have proof, proof that someone was like real shitty, it doesn't even have to be an ex. I was like, oh, it would be fun to just like get these people back that like if it's your brother or sister, your brother like stole your favorite shirt and won't return. Some shit like I just want to fuck with people a little for Halloween. So, so this is so bad, you guys. So last night 
I don't know what time it was. It was the middle of the night. I couldn't sleep. It was probably like 3 a.m. I posted on Instagram, Twitter, um, everywhere. I said, hey, if you guys want me and Sarah Fosher to fuck with your ex, send me his or her phone number and tell us what they did, provide evidence, and we'll mess with them for you. And, uh, oh my God, I got so many replies, you guys. Like, I'm just, I can't wait. I can't wait. That's what me and Sarah are going to do when she comes over. And then we're going to talk about it on the podcast. But this is the crazy part. So I get all these messages. And by the way, no offense, but some of my followers, you guys are just so, some of you guys, not probably not the people listening to this podcast. It's probably my Instagram followers that are like 13, but like some of them just sent me shit like, uh, a phone number, you know, she's a bitch. Or like, fuck this guy and a phone number. Like, no, you got to send me evidence. You got to send me, and I'll do this more often, but you got to send me the whole breakdown of what happened and why this person deserves to be pranked. Because I can't just go pranking people that don't deserve it for no reason. I believe in karma, okay? But here's the thing. So I wake up today at like 1045 and I have a voicemail and the voicemail is from a cop a detective, an LAPD detective. He's like, hi, this message is for Kate. Um, this is detective so-and-so at the LAPD. I just have a, have to ask you a few questions. If you could give me a call back at this number. Okay. I wake up to that. I'm wondering if I might be as like a psychopath or a sociopath now after receiving this message because I watched a video recently on the difference between like narcissists and psychopaths because I was trying to figure out if if Rod Stewart was a psychopath and um, one of the things they said was they said if you're a true psychopath you don't feel stress the same way as regular people like your brain functions different and they said when you get like you could get pulled over by the cops with a dead body in your car and you won't your blood pressure won't go up your heart rate won't change you'll be real calm and i was like damn if i got pulled over with a dead body in my car i would freak the fuck out i'm definitely not a psychopath although the fact that i thought that i could get pulled over with a dead body in my car says something but then this morning, when I got that message, you guys, I laughed. I laughed so hard. First of all, I thought it was a prank. I listened to it like eight times trying to figure out whose voice it was. I was like, is this Ornie Adams? Is this Harlan Williams? Is this Dom? It, I knew it wasn't Joey, but I was like convinced it had to be somebody pranking me. I'm like, there's no way I, this is a coincidence. I posted that last night. Now the cops are calling me. Like, Give me a fucking break. Then I started thinking, I don't know if it was a prank. You know who would do that to me? Glickman, Stephen Kramer Glickman. But then I started thinking if it was a prank, it wasn't very elaborate. It was just, hey, call me back, which is like, I don't know. They could have left a better message to freak me out. And then I was like, maybe this is a real cop. So I Googled the phone number. The phone number did not come up as a police station, but... I Googled the guy's name, the detective, and he came up on LinkedIn as an LAPD detective. It's a real, it's real. You guys are fucking real. So then here's the best part. So then I started thinking of all the different reasons why a detective would call me. Like, why would the cops call me? Would they call me because of this post? 
is it illegal to prank people's exes or incite? I was like, maybe this is like inciting harassment or initiating her. I'm not sure. And then I was like, or is it, could it be that one ex of mine finally turned me in for, for taping notes to a store? But that's not really illegal. And like, they're not going to call. And honestly, who gives a fuck? And I would admit it. And I doubt it because we fucked since then. So then I started thinking, is it because I've been avoiding jury duty? I shouldn't say that on here, but that, that's like, I know we got a couple notices I threw away. Then I started thinking, there's so many things it could be. Then I was like, is it because I admitted on stage that once I accidentally took cocaine to Canada? Like, can they get me now for that? Like, I could say that was a joke, right? That was a joke. There's so many reasons I, I was thinking the cops would come after me. I haven't paid the IRS off, but that's not illegal. I mean, it is, but I don't think the cops come. I think they just like, you know, take your stuff. I really don't know. So then I called Sarah, of course. Of course, this is how my mind works. I don't call the police back. I call, I call everybody else first. I called Joey Diaz and told him, and he fucking laughed. He's like, you got to call the cops back. This is real life. <laughs> then I called my mom. Or no, I didn't call my mom. Um, I texted my mom. I haven't told her yet. Then I, uh, I called Sarah Fasha. I'm like, you got to come over so that we can call the cop back on the podcast, which is probably illegal, but I'm just going to tell him I'm recording this call. You're probably allowed. I don't know. So the point is, guys, um, the part two of this episode is going to – you're going to find out what happened with the police because I have no idea yet. And you're going to find out um, if we're able to prank these exes. I mean I'm going to do it either way. I'm 100% positive it's not against the law to text anyone and call anyone. I just can't use their – recordings unless I get their permission. So unless you're in the state of Nevada, I think it's legal. There's certain states where it's legal. I'm going to look into it. Maybe the next call should be to my lawyer. Maybe I'll call my lawyer. (laughs) All right. Anyway, so that's what's happening here. I could be under arrest. I don't think so. I think they'd come to find me. It could just be that something's going on in my neighborhood. My neighborhood is shady as fuck. So that was why when I said the thing about the hooker earlier, I was like, oh, maybe there's some like real wild shit going down in this neighborhood now. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, there's literally like eight bums on every block now with their dicks out. But this neighborhood, it's it's so close to everything, you guys. And my deal, my apartment is so cute. One day I'll give you a video tour. But my apartment is so cute. It's huge. It's a one bedroom and I have parking. In Hollywood, no one has that. And my rent is affordable. I mean, I don't know what people pay in rent everywhere else in the country, but for LA, what I pay is really good. And I'm putting a podcast studio in my dining room. I'm not going to be able to afford space for that anywhere else. And I have a foosball table and a fucking, I have a game table, I have mini pool and everything. You guys are going to see. So I'm not moving. I don't care what's going on. I don't care if the cops called because there's been eight murders in my driveway. I'm not fucking moving out of this building. So I'll hire security to stand at my door before I move out of this building. All right. Um, No dick November. Let's talk about that. Is anyone else doing it? Is anyone going to do no? I mean, I should have just said no drama November because this no dick thing is already, I got to fuck tonight. I think I got to fuck tonight. I don't, I don't want to fuck a random. I think my ex is out of town. That's the bad news. The one guy I could fuck who I shouldn't, but I could, I think he's out of town. There's nobody else that's worth it. That guy is so good. I hate to admit it, but when you're so good in bed that I'll fuck you, even though you've literally, like, we've we've literally, like, (laughs) 
called the cops on each other, but it's just, it's like, it's like that Rihanna Eminem song, you know, we're just, it's mm, yummy. Um, no one else I know is here that I hook up with. That's that good. And I'm not going, I'm not going for some mediocre dick. You feel me? Um, so on that note, I don't know, man, maybe I'll, I mean, I'm, I'm back on Raya, you know, I've been Ryan up a storm, Raya-ing up a storm. So I'm like flirting a little, but what's the point if I'm not going to go out with these guys? Let me know what you're doing. If you're doing no dick November, maybe we should set something up. Like if I don't make it, there's a consequence because right now I'm not very motivated. I'm not going to lie to you guys, but I don't want drama at all. So I guess if dick comes with drama, then I'm doing it. Um, all right, listen, I am going to bring up your questions and we're going to get to some fan questions. And then Sarah Fosh is going to be here soon. I will put out part two of this either this Friday or Monday. It'll probably be Monday. I'll make you guys wait for a hot second. But, uh, before that, I got something else for you. Oh, this is good stuff. My girl, Nikki Glazer has a podcast now. I mean, she already had a serious XM radio show, which is great called you up with Nikki Glazer. And now it's a podcast. So you guys got to check it out. Join uh, comedian Nikki Glazer and her best friend, Tom Takar, who is amazing oversharing about their personal lives. I can relate to that. Uh, getting and giving perspective on dating and sex, dissecting pop culture, trying to understand the news and making fun of whatever or whoever else deserves it. Check out some of their latest episodes. They've had great interviews. They've had Tracy Morgan, Amy Schumer, Amber Tamblin, and more. Listen to and uh, learn more about that over at You Up with Nikki Glaser, the podcast, and, of course, the XM radio show. you got to learn about it, guys. She's got Squirt Nation. I can't tell you what that is, but she can. <laughs> so stay tuned to the end of every episode where Nikki reveals cryptic secrets and subscribe today. You up with Nikki Glazer on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app or listen to You Up every Monday through Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. Pacific Time on Sirius XM's Comedy Central Radio Channel 95. All right, guys, so uh, I'm doing more question and answers today, and you guys have been sending me really good questions, which is why I keep doing this. If I, if I didn't like the questions, I would stop, or if I thought it was boring, but a couple of the questions you're sending, I'm actually like fired up about these topics, and I just, I, I'm trying, I'm going through like a life change and I'm trying to figure out if it's happening to everyone or if it's just me, but like, I don't know, man, there's, there's something going on. And I think it has to do with social media where people are just more than ever. People expect people have this new like sense of entitlement. Like, I feel like there was always, always spoiled people who had a sense of entitlement that I could never understand. Like I've never felt entitled to anything in my life because when I was growing up, we didn't have money. My dad made a lot of money. And then my dad uh, and mom split up when I was in fourth grade. And when my parents split up, my dad basically like quit that job and got like a minimum wage job. Like he was only working that job because my mom was making him more or less. I mean, but not in a bitchy way. Like they had three kids and he was like supporting us. And then he switched that job to a shitty job. And suddenly we went from having money to having no money and being the kids that wore like hand-me-downs to school and like had to quit a bunch of like different 
activities we were involved in because we couldn't afford it and blah, 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 blah. And so like from third grade or so on, I had to learn to be poor, not poor. I don't like the word poor because no Americans are really poor, but like, you know, I never had money and everything that I had, even as a kid, my mom made me earn. So like, I would never felt entitled to things, but people do, man. It's really pissing me off lately. Honestly, I'm, I'm going to be real. Like I'm, I never talk like this because I really, 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 I'm so, so grateful for my fans, my listeners, my followers. I'm so grateful, but this is like outside of that. Cause I think this happens to everyone, but like lately there's this thing, like for instance, I'm trying to take care of myself mentally. So I have been, um, I'm obviously part of my job. A big part of it is social media, but I've been trying to spend less time on social media, scrolling, DMing, um, engaging outside of work. So I'm always going to DM, uh, you know, with, for work stuff, I'm always going to comment back to you guys, but I've been like, what I mean is I've been like unfollowing people that I'm not really friends with. I've been unfollowing accounts that are just like, why am I following this person I met once? And like, they remind me of my ex-boyfriend cause that's how I know them or just anything that anything that I might see during the day that might throw me out of a good mood. Even for a second, I'm unfollowing. I'm done with fake. And, um, I even I have a social media person kind of helping me now to to go through some of my DMs because I don't want to see as much of the negative stuff. But what's interesting to me is that people really really get like entitled like people walk up to me I'm talking about people that I know, you know, and just right to my face like why aren't you following me on Instagram? Like I don't understand this mentality. I would never in my life walk up to someone and be like, why aren't you my Facebook friend? Unless we're really, really close friends. Like if you're like a really good friend of mine, I'd be like, hey, how come you don't follow me back on Instagram? Usually it's a guy and usually it's because they have a girlfriend and I don't even need to ask because I know. But stuff like that is, is getting really like, under my skin lately. Like it's annoying the fuck out of me or people DMing me and then I don't get back to them right away. Like sometimes I read it and then if I don't hit you back right away, it's because I'm in the middle of something or I'm driving or my hands are full. And then if I don't answer you right away and you hit me again an hour later with some dickish comment, it's like, and it's not just me. I don't think it's just me being like a public figure with followers or whatever. I think it's because I've talked to a lot of my friends and they're like, yeah, people are like, something's going on or people are more and more impatient and entitled. And it's, it's really, it's got to stop guys. It's got to stop. It's not just the guys. I mean, I I'm guilty. I've been guilty of it in the past with guys I've dated that I'm like, they're not hitting me back quick enough. So like, I, I think it's a little different once someone has put their dick in you. Once you're fucking someone, I think there's a little bit of a different level of respect. That's, but stop being entitled is what I'm trying to say. You know, there's a lot of that going on. Um, this question, this question kind of is what started me on that. So I'm sorry if that was mean. I just feel like I got a little mean. I'm just like, I think my patience is getting shorter because there's more and more you're inundated constantly with like this barrage of like people trying to talk and with social media. Now there's so many more ways to contact people that sometimes you're getting hit from like 
a million different directions from a billion different people. And, and I know you guys are going through it too. And it's like, you're also trying to work. Maybe you have kids and you have a million things going on and then you start to get short with people. And then, you know, you're being a little bit of a dick with your short reply and you don't want to be, but you're just overwhelmed. So I think that's why I'm just starting to, I think it's my age, but I'm starting to get to a point where like, it's not being a dick. It's protecting your mental health. I'm starting to get to a point where like, if someone's not my really good friend, I'm not worrying about their feelings anymore. Cause I've always babysat everyone else's feelings. Always my whole life. Guys, I date friends, acquaintances, anyone, the whole general public, the one guy at a comedy show that didn't like that joke, the one guy on Twitter that's offended. I used to babysit everyone's feelings. And finally I was like, you know what? I can't. Like, I literally can't. Like, even the thing with the wizard, you know, I felt bad about tweeting mean jokes about him. But then finally, I even let that go. I'm like, Kate, you can't, you gotta stop. You gotta just stop worrying about everybody's feelings and take care of yourself. I'm not saying to tweet mean jokes, but I'm just saying, like, at some point, you gotta make you number one. And only do what you want. If anyone messages me right now to do anything I'm not interested in, I used to come up with like reasons and excuses. Now I just go, I can't, sorry. You don't have to explain yourself. That's something I've learned too. You don't have to explain yourself for anything. So this question, the question is, how are women going to act interested in you only to ghost you when you ask them out? Great question. That would be very frustrating. And that probably happens to guys all the time. It kind of happens to women too, but it's different. Like a lot of times guys will just, and girls do this too, we'll just like flirt back and forth because we want some attention. So we'll text back and forth for attention. But when it comes time to go out, the guy doesn't make the move or the girl doesn't, doesn't reciprocate or ghosts, as you're saying. So I think there's a few things that could be going on here. Um, one is, first of all, don't be offended. Like what a bitch or, you know, she's trying to fuck with me because it's not always the case. So there's a few things that could be happening. Um, one, the person could have a situation, not a boyfriend necessarily, but I know for me, I've had times where I'm not over a guy, right? So let's just say for instance, like, um, coming out of, the Rod Stewart thing. If, if right when I was trying to forget about Rod Stewart, I started talking to some guy I meet on it, which I did actually, I met a guy on a dating app. He was cute, cool, had his shit together. Good dude. Um, I wasn't totally feeling it, but he was like a great potential candidate. He will be an amazing boyfriend, husband, whatever to some chick, probably very soon. And so I started texting with him and, uh, a lot, you know, I mean, he was initiating, but I was responding and I definitely wasn't acting uninterested and we even went out. So I didn't ghost on him. We went out, but let's say he and I had started texting, talking, whatever. And then Rod Stewart had hit me up and then me and Rod Stewart started hanging again. But then me and Rod Stewart weren't really back on, but we were kind of still talking. There's still hope in my heart that we would be back on. Then I'm going to kind of put this other dude on hold, right? I'm not going to go out with him. At least that's the way I operate when I'm still kind of 
over here dealing with Rod Stewart. But then at any moment that, I mean, I've been the girl, I've been the girl talking to a guy who's coming out of a breakup many times. I'm trying to avoid that now. That's my new red flag that I'm like, fuck no. If you're coming out of something and I know like, hell no, you got to be single for like three months, six months minimum. But I've been the girl that's talking to a guy who's coming out of something and it's like, one minute he's really into you, the next minute he's kind of ghosting, the next minute he's into you, the next minute he's ghosting. And you're like, what the fuck? And then you always find out there was someone else in the picture. Every time there was someone else in the picture, if you've met or if uh, you know you had one date and they're kind of flaky. Now, what you're talking about, the thing where they flirt, they text back with you, and then when you ask them out, they ghost. <sighs> That, I think I know I have a solution, and you might not like the answer, but I have been dealing with this lately, so I can kind of relate to this one. Sometimes we meet a guy, this is happening to me with a few people right now. It's very frustrating for a nice girl. Here's the deal. Sometimes there's a guy who you know, who you like as a person. Maybe you're, you know, you think they're cute. You, you're going to see them around maybe, or maybe, you know, it's a friend of a friend. So like, there's a couple people in my social circle who I know, who I'm cool with. I wouldn't say we're great friends, but like one is a friend and one is kind of an acquaintance. And like both these guys consistently text me kind of flirting, kind of wanting to hang out. And I've tried so many kind of like at first I kind of would flirt back because they weren't not flirt back, but I would just be nice back. I'd be friendly. I wouldn't want to just shoot them down because I didn't want to hurt their feelings. And in the back of my mind, I'm like, I don't know would I date them. I kind of start thinking about it, but I'm not sure, but I don't want to give it a closed door because I'm not a hundred percent sure. So I kind of keep it open. But then over time, I'm like, you know, this is a bad idea or you know, I'm too busy and I can tell they want more. But for me, usually it's, this is a bad idea. We run in the same social circle. If it doesn't work out, I'm going to see them all the time. And now how do I turn them down without making it weird when I see them? You know, because I've done that before where a guy is into me and I'm trying as nicely as I can. Like, I would like to read the girl's texts, to be honest, because sometimes guys think we're flirting just for answering. Like, just because I answer the text and I send smiley faces, it's like, girls do the same thing. We we analyze your text and we try to find signs that aren't there, but guys do it too. Guys are like, oh, she's answering. That means she wants to bang me. No. Like, sometimes we just don't want to be mean. It's very difficult for me to straight up tell a guy I'm not interested, especially if it's someone I'm going to see around. I know that that's the best thing to do. Um, I usually tell them something like, like there's a guy right now. He is cool. He's cute, but we're in the same business. It's too close. And he is a nice guy, you know? And he's like, well, we can be friends. We can hang as friends. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. But I know in my head, it's probably not a good idea to hang one-on-one as friends, maybe in a group, you know? And then he kind of was like, what are you up to tonight? And I was like, you know what? I, this is how I try to get out of it. I'm like, you know what? I'm doing these 
two TV deals right now and this book and trying to get my special. I'm so overwhelmed with work right now that I don't even have time to see my friends, let alone date. So, I mean, it's just, I'm not really in that headspace right now. I keep telling guys I'm not in that headspace. Guys take it as a challenge, man. Or they're like, oh, it's cool. Like I'm down. Like I can help you. Or like I'm into, I'll just come over and fold laundry with you. Or like if a girl is making excuses to not hang, it's, it's because she, there's some reason either she doesn't want to, she doesn't see you that way. And she's trying to be nice or she really is as busy as she says, but either way, it's the same with guys. My friend and I, we will sit here and overanalyze fucking text to death. And I finally was like, you know, the truth, if a guy wants to see you, he will see you. And if he doesn't, he won't. And that's it. Bottom line, same with women. If a girl wants to go out with you, if I'm really excited about a date, like if there's a guy, I'm trying to think of an example of someone that I would have like a celebrity crush on or something that if I met him and he was like, let's go out, I would be like, holy shit, yes, like and drop everything. I mean, I'm sure there are some examples of people in your life that you kind of have a crush on that if they suddenly showed up you you would find the time no matter how busy you are. So if you're not that excited about someone, then like if someone isn't that excited about you, why do you even want to go out with them anyway? This is a good question to ask yourself also. Like if someone isn't into you, why try to convince them? I'm done trying to convince anybody. I'm like, if you're not into me, go on to the next. Of course, that's easy for me to say with this no dick November thing, but that's the reason, dude. That's the reason because she's probably just afraid to tell you the truth. Anyone that ghosts is a pussy, by the way. Ghosters are pussies. I don't condone ghosting. I've never ghosted anyone in my life, and I never will. The only time I've ever had to block someone was one guy that we went out a few times, and he was like completely in love with me, and I told him many times it was never going to happen. It was never going to happen. It was never going to happen. I wasn't feeling it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And he was relentless and I had to block him. That is the only time ever that I've had to block someone. And you know what? I've been on the receiving end of that block and I've been that guy. So as much as I felt bad to do it, I also know that sometimes you need to be blocked. It really sucks, but that's the truth, man. All right. Guess what, guys? It's that time. We are going to talk right now about HelloFresh. I've said this on my show before, and I really mean this, that I do not do ads for anything that I don't try and that I don't like. So if if all things comedy um, has a product that I'm not into, I try it. I'm like, I didn't feel it, guys. Sorry. Then I'm not doing the ad. But this one is really cool. I didn't know what to expect from HelloFresh. So HelloFresh, first of all, we're doing a special with them, all right? We've teamed up with them, so you guys can get $60 off. That's $20 off of your first three boxes from HelloFresh.com. What you have to do, though, is go to HelloFresh.com forward slash DateFail6060, DateFail60, and use the code DateFail60. HelloFresh... I mean, basically what it does is it makes eating deliciously part of your every week routine. So that way you spend less time meal planning and grocery shopping each week. You get that time back to do more of what you love. With HelloFresh, cooking becomes something that you actually want to do when you get home. They make it so 
easy. Okay. Basically they just, they send you everything you need to make your meal. You can whip up your dinner in 30 minutes. Uh, there's lots of one pot recipes on the menu. You can order, you can choose whatever you want to eat and they send you everything you need to make it delicious filling meals delivered right to your door every week for less than $10 per serving with free shipping. I mean, I spend so much more money on that than food. It's crazy. Like I, I walk over, I mean, granted guys, I eat out too much and I spend so much money on that. I could save so much money. I could save at least $5 a meal easily with HelloFresh and it's a home cooked meal. Uh, make family dinners fuss-free with HelloFresh's picky eater, kid-tested and approved family plan recipes. No longer will you have to buy an ingredient for one recipe that you'll never use again or throw away, which is so true. I have so many like spices in my kitchen that have just been here for like three and a half years. I really need to throw out some food. Um, each and every box features farm to fork goodness with fresh, responsibly sourced ingredients. So you guys, what you do is you go, you get a subscription. Um, it's very simple. You make an account on the website. It's easy to manage with the ability to choose your delivery date. By the way, when they deliver your HelloFresh food for you, for instance, I wasn't home when they brought mine and it sat outside for, I mean, I think an hour and a half, two hours. And I got here and it was still ice cold. Like they, they put uh, cold packs in there. Everything is so super fresh and, you know, you don't have to worry about uh, that. You can schedule it though so that they deliver it while you're there. But it's really, I thought that was really awesome because I was kind of, when I got home, I was like, and I live in LA and I was like, oh man, I hope this stuff is still good. And it was all good. Um, so guys, you can switch between HelloFresh's classic veggie and family plans to match your taste for the week, whatever you want. Just let HelloFresh do all the hard work so you can cook and eat. Um, bonus, this is date fails. Um, and now listen, ladies. And men, I love when guys cook for me. So I don't condone cooking for a man until he's earned it. Same for the guys. Like, don't don't cook for them right away. You know, when they're treating you well, they're taking you on a few good dates, you're like, this guy deserves it. Then, hello fresh. This guy's going to think you're a chef. I'm, by the way, the world's worst cook. Like, you guys know, I always, my, my fridge, what's in there typically is salsa and tequila. Actually, the tequila is in the freezer. There's nothing in my fridge. There's salsa and mustard. That, that's like really what's in my fridge right now, and milk. Um, but with this, I can make guys think I can cook. So you can cook with HelloFresh. So go to HelloFresh.com forward slash date fails 60 and use the code date fails 60 to get a total of $60 off. That's $20 off each of your first three boxes. Go to HelloFresh.com slash DateFail60 and use the code DateFail60 to get a total of $60 off. That's $20 off each of your first three boxes. I'm excited about that. I like HelloFresh. So guys, go get it. Check it out. Please let me know if you like it. Um, I always like hearing your feedback on the ads from the show. And uh, if you cook for someone, let me know how that goes too. I always like to hear about, <laughs> about cooking stories. You know, you could do it. Oh, they even send you an apron, by the way. I got an apron. I got a HelloFresh apron. I'm so excited about that. I'm like, oh, maybe if, if someone earns it by December, I can wear this apron with nothing under it and make a HelloFresh meal. Let's get on it. All right, back to these, back to these fan questions. 
What's your favorite ice cream? What a great question to follow that up. I love ice cream. My favorite ice cream is, um, well, to be really honest, I'm like, I'm like a really healthy eater. So I eat more frozen yogurt. Like I go to yogurt land all the time. Um, but my favorite ice cream, if I'm going like crazy is like fudge tracks or like something with Reese's peanut butter cups. I love that. Um, let's see. How do I know if a girl wants me to cuddle her or if a girl wants to cuddle with me for the first time, how do you know? I mean, I always say if a girl touches you a few times, that's a good sign. Like, I'm not a super touchy-feely person. So if I reach out and touch a guy more than twice, I'm into you. If I touch you, I'm into you. Um, I actually was watching something the other day. I watched, like, uh, videos about dating and relationships and stuff. And this guy was saying if you're someone that isn't – if you're someone that doesn't touch people often, he was saying sometimes you can come off as um, a little cold or maybe reserved. Like maybe people are intimidated to touch you because you give off that vibe. And I was like, oh, I probably give that vibe off. Usually the only time I want to get real cuddly with a guy quick is if it's toxic. Like I remember the actor I dated who uh, was the year-long date fail that ended up having a girlfriend. Um the first night I got in an Uber with him and I told him this, I was like, the first night I got in the Uber with you, I wanted to cuddle you before we'd even kissed before anything had ever happened. I felt this impulse to cuddle you. And he said, I felt it too. So that was like a real, like a real chemical thing we both felt, but that was, I think, because it wasn't going to be a healthy relationship. Like sometimes I think when you have that intense chemistry, that that's a bad sign. But what's interesting is this guy said, if you aren't touchy and you come off as someone that people are a little afraid to touch. Um, something he said to try is when you first meet someone, try and touch them within the first minute of meeting them just to see what happens. And not in an intrusive way, obviously, but maybe just like, uh, on a date, like maybe touch the inside of their arm or touch their shoulder or just kind of like pat them on the knee when you say something like something that's not overtly sexual, but it it opens a door to physical touch. If you, if a girl wants to cuddle you, I think for me, I tend to get closer to a guy. I lean in closer when I'm talking to him. Um, I sit closer to him on the couch. I mean, but I recently actually, there was a guy I dated not that long ago. It was kind of cute he kind of did this thing. And like now in hindsight, I'm like, Oh, maybe it was all game, but he kind of did this thing where like every time he would kind of touch me, he'd be like, Oh my gosh, I'm touching you. I'm sorry. Is this okay? And it was kind of cute. Cause it was kind of like he was, he was, I don't know if he was doing it on purpose or not, but he genuinely seemed like he couldn't keep his hands off me, but he didn't want to freak me out. He didn't want to move too fast. So he would kind of touch me and then he would ask if it was okay. And I'm sure it was game now in hindsight that I'm saying it out loud. It's like the smartest game ever because every time he would do it, I would be like, of course, no, you're fine. You're, it's my knee. Okay. The next time it's your thigh. Oh, of course. Yeah. Then next time it's a kiss. And he's like, did we just kiss? I, so that's clearly a game, but it worked so well on me. It was like so cute and endearing that he seemed so like, nervous about moving too quick with me that it made me be like relax you're fine like you want to touch a boob go ahead like that's that's a great way to do it so try that um all right next question 
I have a female roommate and we share a bed most nights for some reason. Is this strange? Do you think this means she's into me? Wow. That is, um, oh, that's tough. That's weird. So for me, okay, I have like a couple really, really close guy friends. My friend Bronston, my friend Jackson. Um, both of them like to cuddle. Oh God, I hope Jackson doesn't kill me. <laughs> he doesn't care. He won't care. Both of them like to cuddle. I have trouble cuddling with either one of them. Bronston, it's a little easier for me to cuddle with for some reason. Um, maybe it's because on, on some level, I don't think me and Bronston will ever, could ever really be together. And I think with Jackson, actually, like there's so much potential for like real love there that maybe I get, I'm, I'm like terrified of like being sexually attracted to him. So I avoid cuddling so that it can't happen. I do think that's what it is. Um, but for me, at least, cuddling is so much more intimate to me than sex. And I talk about this on stage and I talk about it here. Like for me, if I cuddle a guy, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm like, it turns me on. I have to really like you. I have to be so comfortable with you. Like I could probably fuck a guy and not cuddle him. The cuddling is where I start to feel emotion and I, I feel like... But for me, I can't cuddle a guy that I don't feel that for. Like if I have sex with a guy that I'm not super into, which I don't do often, but when I have, I can't cuddle them after. And I can't cuddle my friends. Like for me, cuddling is like a very, I don't know, it's special, it's intimate, and I don't mean for it to be. It just is. But it's the same with hugging for me. Like I can hug anybody, but to give you a real hug where like you hold on to me like a longer hug than like a quick second or a pat on the back hug, I don't know, that kind of closeness, I have to be really comfortable with you for that. So I guess what I'm saying is if she's sleeping in bed with you, um, it, it, it could be that she's into you, but, but I don't know. I, I have girlfriends I'll share a bed with. And I have girlfriends who can sleep in bed with a guy and it's nothing, like could share a bed with a guy and cuddle. For me, that's always been weird. I can't imagine a scenario where I'm sharing a bed with a guy that I'm not into unless I'm hammered. Like if I'm drunk and I pass out in your bed. Like are you guys going to bed drunk a lot? Um, otherwise, though, I'm curious like why you're sharing a bed. I, I, it does make me think there's something yeah, if you spend more nights together in bed. Also, it makes me wonder about you. Like, have you ever made a move? Like, why aren't you trying to make a move on her? Because most of my guy friends, I mean, Jackson would not make a move on me at this point unless I did it. And I don't even know what he would do. That'd be a funny social experiment to just see what would happen. But um, I know he wouldn't because he wouldn't want to freak me out. Bron Bronston, who knows? Me and Bronson made out once when we were really drunk, but that was all it was. It was just kissing, just a make out. It was hot. And then he called me the next day and he was like, uh, I was so fucked up last night that when I woke up, I thought I made out with a dude. <laughs> Fucking asshole. It was like, so I got to, I finally got to make out with you. And then I remembered it as like, did I make out with a guy last night? Like he barely remembered it. So 
I don't know. Maybe me and Bronze did something would happen. Who knows? The point is, I'm not crawling in bed to spend the night with a male roommate unless I'm... No, I don't know. I just don't think I ever would. I can't imagine it. No, never. Not unless I'm into him. That's just me. I could be wrong. But even when Eric Myers lived with me, I couldn't cuddle Eric. Like, and, he, and we're so close. Like, I'd walk around naked in front of him. No big deal. No big deal. But cuddling? No. Cuddling is, is real. So I think she wants to bang you, man. Get in there. See what happens. Have you tried? Try. See what happens. See, tell her. I don't know. Do you like her? I need to know more. See, these questions, they leave me wanting more. Maybe when you send the question, can you also maybe send your phone number or something so I can get a hold of you guys and find out more details? All right, we're going to do one more. Hang on. Uh... Okay, this guy said, I went on a Tinder date and the girl I was with brought a board game. I was kind of offended since we were in a cafe. Am I a jerk for that? I don't even, I can't even. (laughs) No, I don't think you're a jerk for being offended. Although I wouldn't be offended. Um, By the way, if you guys hear a helicopter, I'm sorry. Someone was probably just murdered in my neighborhood because that's my fucking neighborhood. There's like police choppers all day. Maybe that's why the cops called. I really should call that cop back. I'll do that after the podcast. Um, I wouldn't be offended if someone brought a board game. I would be so fascinated, slightly weirded out, definitely immediately like, uh, I'm probably not going to date this person unless he has a really funny story about why he brought a board game or is like so adorable. And it's like, cause sometimes I'm attracted to guys like that are oddly that are a little like quirky and nerdy, but if they have like a weird dark edge, you know, like the, um, like, Oh, like, like the wizard, you know, wizard, nerdy, weird, star Wars, witchcraft, but also junkie, you know, has done heroin, like dark past, Fuck, man, that helicopter's loud. All right, I waited for it to pass. Sorry about that. It might come back around. What are you going to do? It's Halloween, SWAT teams and shit. Who knows? Um, So I don't think you should be offended. It's weird. I'll give you that. It's very weird. Of all the things I've taken on a date, um, condoms, mace, razors, toothbrush, I can't say I've ever taken a board game. A board game. <laughs> it's so fucking weird. You can't be offended. You got to laugh. You got to be like, what the fuck is this? I would just, I would just have so many questions. I wonder what board game she brought. I mean, the weird thing is too, like you're at a cafe, you're saying like a lot of cafes have games. Well, some cafes, what is, I mean, that's a fucking odd a board game was she headed to a game night somewhere else that she was maybe gonna invite you to does she just love board games like it's a little weird but no I I think you shouldn't be offended dude I mean you should just be like that's odd you met her on tinder what do you expect you can't anyone you meet on tinder is a fucking lottery ticket like you scratch it maybe you win maybe you don't maybe you win a dollar maybe you win a million dollars you don't know what you're getting but you can't expect anything off Tinder. You can't expect anything on any first date, really. I mean, I don't put I don't put anything past anyone anymore, but that's pretty good. That's a pretty good story. I like that. Um, if Joey Diaz was 25 years younger and single, would he have a shot with you? I mean, that's a hypothetical. Who the fuck knows? Probably. But just because, like, 
he's a psycho back then and I'm a psycho and I don't know, you know, but it doesn't matter because it's, he's like my, it's like so weird for me. I can't think, I don't mean to be grossed out, but he's like my uncle. Like he's literally like my family, like a brother or something. Like I can't think of him like that. So gross. Um, are crooked teeth really that bad of a turnoff? Uh, well, for me, it's, it depends. It's not so much crooked teeth. Everybody has a different thing. I have a problem with like gross teeth. I do. I admit it. I, I admit it. Like I dated, I went out with a guy who had like plaque, visible plaque on his teeth. I was like, Oh, I could absolutely never, you know, bad breath. Like, yeah, I mean, kind, it's not the crooked teeth. It's the turnoff. I think the turnoff is if this guy doesn't get his teeth fixed, like how does he handle everything? Like if you don't take care of yourself, that's a turnoff. And crooked teeth are so fixable these days. Uh, super crooked. I mean, my teeth are a little crooked. Everybody's teeth, nobody's teeth are perfect unless you get veneers, but like you don't have to do that. But I'm a big fan of taking care of yourself. Like, I'll never forget. I met this guy in LA and he had like, his car was like, so tricked out, you know, he had rims and lights and like a crazy stereo and he just had the sickest car, but he had fucked up teeth. So then I look at this guy and I'm like, so you spent all this money on your car, but you don't fix your teeth. Like, don't you think your teeth matter more than your car? That is the turnoff to me. So I guess like for me, I, it's, it says something about you. Um, it might say you can't afford to fix your teeth and that's okay. But then I would suggest fixing your teeth before you take girl on dates, like save your date money to fix your teeth. I, does, does that make me a bitch? I'm sorry, but that's a big issue for me, like hygiene and, and stuff. You don't have to look a perfect, but take care of yourself. All right. Um, let's see. When are you and Lee Syatt getting married? Very funny. Lee Syatt, if you don't know, is um, the producer of Joey Diaz podcast and everyone thinks that we should date and we're just friends. We're like, we're like cousins. Um, tips on writing comedy. Tips on writing comedy. Well, if you're out there and you want to do comedy, my advice is do it. I can't tell you guys how many people message me every single day. They're like, I always want to do stand-up. I've been working on my jokes now for about a year, and I'm ready to get up soon. Or I've been Listen, don't think about doing anything. Do it. Don't think about it. Do it. Fucking write three jokes down and go to an open mic. They give you three minutes, do one minute. Who gives a fuck? Get up if you want to do it. Don't wait. Life is short. Don't wait. I mean, that said, maybe I shouldn't do No Dick November. Maybe I shouldn't. What if I meet the love of my life? Well, that, that's okay. I just won't fuck him. Never mind. I forgot that you can have, you can have love without dick. <laughs> I'm so fucked up. Um, I just really like, everybody says I want to do comedy. The difference between the people that say I want to do comedy and the people that do comedy is fear. Fear holds you back. Everything you want in life that quote, everything you want in life is on the other side of fear. Everything, everything is fear-based that you don't do. And anytime you manipulate any situation, you're doing it out of fear. Fear of failure, fear of rejection, fear of success, fear of abandonment, fear, fear, fear. The minute you stop, let me tell you guys something. Not to, I'm not saying this to toot my own horn, but this was like good for me. Last night, I was nervous to go up as a panda at the Laugh Factory. I was. 
It was pretty packed, the club. The Laugh Factory is not some dive bar in the valley. It's the Hollywood Laugh Factory. It's on Sunset Boulevard. It's one of the most famous comedy clubs in the world. And even though I've been doing comedy long enough now to not really give a shit if I have, you know, a couple jokes that don't work, I really don't care. That said, there's always an element of you want to do well when you're at the comedy store, the Laugh Factory. You always want to do well. But, I mean, these clubs in particular, like, you're not going up there – and, you know, just dicking around, you want to make them laugh. And there was a big risk involved in going up as a panda and doing jokes as a panda, in character as a panda. I pretended to be a panda. I I was nervous. But I knew that if I tried it and it worked, the payoff would be great. It would be a funny video. It would be great photos. And it would be good for me, a good exercise, to try to do something outside of my comfort zone. So I did it. And it was fun. It went great. It could have gone terrible. Uh, not every joke worked. You can go watch it. That Like one or two of the jokes didn't work. That The sound wasn't great. But you know what? I'm glad I did it. It pushed me out of my comfort zone. And I was nervous. And it was fun. So I guess what I'm trying to say is the payoff is always worth it. And even if it doesn't work, now you know. That didn't work. Next time I got to write more clever jokes or get a different microphone or, you know what I mean? So I just say, if there's anything you're thinking of doing, stop thinking and fucking get it done because you will not regret following any dream you have or idea you have. And I even mean this in regards to dating. Listen, I used to always be like, don't text him. Don't do it. Don't look at his Twitter. Don't look at his Instagram to my girlfriends, you know? And then I was like, you know what? You're not looking because you're afraid of what you're going to see. You're not texting because you're afraid of what uh, of of being rejected or him not answering or there's some game you're playing. I'm done with all that shit. You know what I say now? If you want to look at his Twitter, look. Be prepared for what you're going to feel. Feel it and move on. If you want to text him like a psycho and blow up his phone, he's not going to like it. He'll probably never see you again. But you know what? If that's what you want to do and that's what you need to do, to go about your day and go, got that out of my system, fucking do it. Who gives a shit? Life is short. Just be prepared for any outcome. Be prepared to bomb on stage or in life. Be prepared to send a text and get rejected. Be prepared to show up at his house and have him shut the door. Anything you do could have a negative consequence, but as long as you're prepared for that and you're like, all right, well, I watched, oh, I watched another, I watched a TED Talk when I was in Canada. Yeah, I'm such a loser, you guys, now that I'm sober. I watched TED Talks. I mean, I'm not sober. Well, I'm sober in this moment. I'm not sober sober, but I was sober. This TED Talk, um, it was fascinating, man. I got to find it and share the link with you guys. Basically, what it said is it was a scientist who does brain mapping, right? And they said, um, every emotion you feel starts, this is so interesting. I couldn't believe this. Every emotion you feel that's an uncomfortable, that's, that we, we, um, think of as negative, which they're not, they're just feelings, right? But every feeling you feel that you think of as negative, like anger, sadness, shame, um, sorrow, uh, there's a whole bunch. There's a list of them. They're all actually, they're all actually physical chemical reactions that happen in your body first and then your brain 
associates them as an emotion. So what I mean is somewhere in your body, there's actually a physical, a physical reaction that happens when you feel sad before you feel sad, before your brain even knows why you're sad. There's something that has just happened in your body that initiated that. It's physical. We are the ones that then think about it and think about why we're sad. But basically what what this scientist said is that physical chemical reaction, the whole wave of emotion that you have from the time it starts in your body, makes it to your brain, your brain processes it, and then you start to feel it. And then the face you make, the, the physical response of your facial muscles and your body language to that emotion, that whole entire circuit series of events that happens is 60 to 90 seconds. That's it. And then chemically it's gone. And then the only thing that keeps it going is you, your mind, you spinning on it, thinking about it more. So basically what this scientist said is when you feel it, when you feel that wave of sadness, come on, or that wave of shame or anger or whatever you feel, Instead of being like, man, I'm sad, I'm sad, I'm sad, stewing on it, stewing on it, stop and go, this is a wave. This is physical. I'm feeling this because something triggered a physical reaction in me. And now it's coming out and I'm just going to ride this wave and I'm going to breathe through it. I'm going to think, yes, I am sad about this thing, but I'm okay. And this will be over in 90 seconds. And then... I tried this a couple of times. I'm not saying it's going to work every time or that like, you know, someone dies. It's not like you're not, you're going to be sad for 90 seconds and be like, I'm fine. No. But basically what, what this scientist was saying is that extreme anxiety you feel. I don't know if you guys get it, but I've had moments where I am so anxious about why won't he text me? I'm obsessing. Why isn't he texting or why is he mad at me or why won't he talk to me? Or I'm, I'm so, I'm ashamed that I did this or I'm so mad at myself. I'm beating myself up and I'll obsess and obsess where instead if I stop and I really feel it, I let myself feel it, the whole thing, let myself be like, oh God, this is so uncomfortable, but you know what? It's going to be okay. It's physical. I can breathe through this for a minute, 90 seconds. I can go outside, get some fresh air or stand up, stretch a little or walk into another room and take a sip of water. And by that point, the uncomfortable, the physical part of it is gone. And then I can choose to think about something else. It's not easy, but it's getting easier for me. I swear, you guys, I used to, I'm telling you, I was like obsessing when I dated the actor that had the girlfriend. I obsessed about the end of that so fucking hard. I would walk in circles around my neighborhood. Like, what should I do? What should I do? Like, I was obsessed. I almost went to the hospital to get like anti-anxiety meds because I couldn't stop obsessing about it. And I'll tell you something, even though the Rod Stewart situation was much shorter, it was every bit as intense for me emotionally. But the difference is I have changed in how I process this stuff. I'm allowing myself to go, it's okay to feel these things. It's okay. You made some mistakes, but he made mistakes and we all make, and how can I learn from it? Like I'm literally like, I feel myself growing and it's, it's kind of actually cool, you guys, because – oh, shit. That's my phone. It's kind of cool, you guys, because um, like I've always been someone who likes to learn. 
And I've always been someone who's really curious about how things work and how the brain works and like just everything. I want to know how everything works. And recently I've just been trying to figure out instead of like, it's okay to be sad, but let's figure out like really why you're sad. Let's figure out what's really going on in your brain. Like, let's figure out why do you really care about this loser? Who's an ex junkie? Who's treated you like garbage? Who lied to you? Why do you care? Like figure out why, like what happened? And I don't even mean psychologically. Like, yeah, we all have childhood trauma. We all have the daddy issues, the mommy issues. I know there's all this shit that I could drudge up, but even just chemically, even just the addictive nature You're addicted to the way he made you feel. Why? Because he told you you're hot without makeup 25 times. You started to believe that. And you're like, I want to be around someone who tells me that. Well, look, there's 50 million people that will tell you that. You don't need him. Like figure out what it was that that person gave you that you're missing. And then make a list of all the things that person didn't do for you all the reasons it wasn't working. This one psychologist, he said, I tell every patient when they're trying to get over someone to write down every single aspect of that person that was wrong for them, everything bad in the relationship, because people romanticize, they remember the good. So he's like, remember the bad. It sounds negative. It's just, you got to train your brain to tell you the truth because no one lies to you more than you. We all do it. Every fucking girl, every girl, and probably the guys too. We all do it. We're like, Well, I mean, we went on this hike to the top of a mountain and the view was so beautiful and we laughed and we got the most amazing photos and like that trip was so romantic and I just missed those trips with him. Okay, but are you remembering the night before when you camped and all you did was fight all night because you were freezing and you wanted to be in a hotel and he wanted to stay in a tent and then you had to build a fire and you didn't want to get your hands dirty and you're acting like you're into camping and this guy is trying to force you to be someone you're not, whatever. This is a terrible example. That was the fucking worst example. I'm just saying we only remember the nice moments sometimes. We got to choose to remember the whole fucking truth. That was really, I'm getting intense, you guys. Sober Kate is less funny and more intense on the podcast, but I think it's going to be very funny later because Sarah's coming over. That's who just called. She's going to be here soon. So this is going to be a two-parter, all right? This was part one. Part two, we're going to go on fuckboy patrol, but it's not just fuckboy patrol. It's going to be fuckgirl patrol too, and we're going to call some people up and text some people, and we're going we're gonna to mess with some exits. We're going to get a little bit of revenge and we'll find out what's going on with Sarah in her love life. And uh, part two will be up for you guys on Monday. Other than that, I do want to say, please go check out mandatory.com. I will have an article up there tomorrow, I believe. Uh, It is called Just the Tips. It's going to be my new um, sex and dating column for mandatory. So I'll pick one question that you guys send me each week and answer it there. So go check that out, mandatory.com. Also, one more time, make sure you guys go to hellofresh.com slash datefail60. Enter that promo code, datefail60. And um, what else? I will be in Cleveland at the Cleveland Comedy Fest, November 17th. Get tickets with Rick Glassman. That's going to be a great time. I'm going to be at Gotham with Joey Diaz. November 8th, 9th, and 10th. Oh, I can't wait. Or is it 7th, 8th, and 9th? I think it's 8th, 9th, and 10th. We're going to have so much fun, you guys. And then I'm coming to Reno 
um, right after Thanksgiving, coming to Reno the first week of December, Reno Laugh Factory. Get your tickets. I love you guys so much. This has been Date Fails. Please keep the messages coming, the questions coming, datefailspod at gmail.com. And uh, I always appreciate your feedback. I will talk to you guys soon. Peace out.